boats there, other smaller boats, people that wanted to follow Jesus, wanted to see Jesus, wanted to hear Jesus, wanted to be near Jesus. They just, they followed him across that lake, perhaps, well, for sure, not even knowing what they were getting into. And perhaps it was Peter, maybe one of the others, who suggested to the Lord, why don't you go to sleep? Why don't you take some rest time right now and we'll get you across? (laughs) And pretty soon the wind started blowing. Now, beloved, this was no small windstorm. This was a great windstorm. As I said earlier, this was a mega storm. And the waves were breaking onto the boat and it was filling up with water. The disciples the scripture says, we're greatly afraid. These men who had been on these waters before, who had been through storms on these waters before, were so terrified that they believed, honestly, their boat was about to be capsized and they would soon perish. And they're looking at each other. I'm imagining in my mind, the scripture doesn't say this, but I'm imagining they're looking at one another going, how come Jesus doesn't wake up in all this? And I have this hunch, Peter leans towards John and says something like, Hey, John, you, you, you go wake the master up. You, you go wake him up. After all, you're the disciple he loves. He wouldn't get mad at you for waking him up. And I imagine John looks back at Peter and says, No, no way. You go wake him up. You seem to have no problem doing rash and impulsive things. He's come to expect that of you after all. You wake him up. However it went down, it seems like they all together went and woke Jesus up. But listen to the words they speak. These words are words of of doubt. They're words of despair. They're words of great fear. There is dread in the disciples' words and voices when they say, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care that we are perishing? These men are terrified. They believe they are perishing. They believe they are as good as dead. But even worse than that, they believe Jesus does not care. That he's not concerned about them. Have you been there, my friend? Have you felt the stormy seas of life? Have you felt the uncertainty, the feelings of despair, and the doubt, and the dread that invade the very heart and soul of us? See, when he leads us into the stormy seas of life, it's, it's hard to see what God is doing. All we can see is, is darkness. We, we feel the rushing wind pounding on us. And it seems as though the crashing waves are there and they're going to undo us. But most despairing of all is it seems like he doesn't even care that we're going through this. After all, we think if he did care, he would not have put us through this. And we question His very love and concern for us. I want to tell you, dear church, this is not new to us. It's not new to the disciples. We see it through the pages of Scripture. Person after person who followed God into the storms often question Him. Moses Moses is called by God to go get his people out of Egypt. And he goes and talks to the Pharaoh. And what does Pharaoh do? He makes it more difficult even on the Israelites. 
And Moses comes and he questions God's care and concern for the people when in Exodus 5, verses 22 and 23, Moses says these very same words. He says, O Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. He questioned God's care. How about King David? A man who is called to be a man after God's own heart several times in the Psalms cries out, How long, O Lord, will you forget me? It's human to question the Lord in the stormy seas of life. But what we must also remember in these mega storms is this the Lord is still at work. He's revealing Himself to us. He's at work helping us understand who He is in a very real way, in a way that we would not learn otherwise. Like Job, who after going through his very torrential and harsh stormy sea, came to the end of it and said this in Job 42 verse 5, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now, Now my eye sees you. So too it is during the stormy seasons of life that we come to understand more about our Lord. And it's true in the passage we're looking at. These disciples wake Jesus up and in their humanity they question His care for them. And what does Jesus do? I believe these disciples watch in amazement as Jesus stands up and He speaks. Not to them. They watch as he stands up and he turns out to the wind and to the waves and he says this, Peace, be still. Peace, be still. In the midst of jarring hostility, Jesus forcefully commands peace. When the wind and the waters are rocking and turbulent, Jesus says, be still. And you know what? (laughs) Just like that, just like that, we are told that this mega windstorm turned into mega calm. There was great calm. Jesus has just revealed who he is to these men. He has allowed them not only to know, but to experience who he is. And oh, beloved, don't miss it. This is a double miracle. He not only, he not only caused the wind to stop, but he caused the water to become like glass. You don't have to shake water up and you stop shaking, it still keeps rocking, right? Mega calm. This is a double miracle. And notice too, it is done by the very word of Jesus. It was done by the word. He did not touch the water. He did not raise his hand to the wind. He just simply said, peace, be still, and mega calm. And this we recall to mind, don't we, how God commanded the world, the universe into existence. How the Lord God spoke, and it was so. Could it be? Could it be that this same Jesus is also Lord God? Could it be that the very one who spoke the world into existence is this one now who calmed the stormy sea and the raging wind? Absolutely. 
I love what Psalm 104 verses 5 through 7 says about the Lord. And I imagine the disciples perhaps even had this creep into their mind as they're watching in an amazement this, this miracle. Psalm 145, or excuse me, 104 verse 5 says, He set the earth on its foundation so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. And listen to this. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. And Jesus says, peace, be still. And even the elements of nature obeyed Him. Be sure. Be sure that Jesus is revealing to His men and to us as we look at this chapter, as we look at this passage, who He is. And now it is that Jesus speaks to His disciples. And He he uses two words. Two words that repel each other. Two words that are in opposition with each other. Two words that cannot share the same heart together. Jesus speaks of fear, and He speaks of faith, doesn't He? He asks, why are you so afraid? Or, or why are you so timid and, and cowardly? Don't you have faith? Have you still no faith? Have you still no trust, no confidence, no firm conviction in me? And the minds of the disciples must be racing. Certainly they, they hear his challenge. They, they recognize what he's saying is that, that fear casts away faith and faith casts away fear that they cannot inhabit the same heart together. They certainly know that, that, that Jesus is confronting them and saying that the way to diminish fear in your life is through faith in me. And then something amazing happens in this chapter. I think even more amazing than Jesus saying, Peace, be still to the wind and to the waves. We read these words, And they, the disciples, the twelve, were filled with great fear. There's that word great again. Mega fear. So, so notice this with me. There was mega windstorm that Jesus turned into mega calm, which then produced this mega fear in the disciples' hearts. But what we need to understand is the word fear in verse 41 is much different than the word afraid in verse 40. The word afraid means timid and cowardice. The word fear in verse 41 is a, is a respect is an awe, is a reverence, is a holy fear. What happened in these disciples' hearts and and souls was more miraculous than the winds being calmed and the waves being stayed. There was an internal change that took place. They began to see Jesus as He is, and they began to revere Him for who He is. They began to respect Him for who He is. They began to have a holy dread for who He is. And I would tell us this. I would tell us this. If you want to build your faith so as to remove cowardice and timidity in your life, 
have a holy respect for God. Have a holy fear for the Lord Jesus. That's what Jesus is, is revealing to them. So it's no wonder they ask, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They're no longer timid and cowardly because of the mega windstorm. No, they watched as Jesus with the spoken word controls that mega windstorm into a mega calm. This then causes mega reverence in their own hearts for Jesus. And it's here that we learn his lesson has been learned. In the midst of the stormy seas, the disciples learn, oh, so much about Jesus. He not only was a great teacher and rabbi, but they learn that he's so much more. He is Lord. He is master even of the stormy seas. He is Lord. He is master even of the stormy seas. So how about us? How about you? How about me? How about us? When we go through these stormy seas of life, how should we respond? How can we get through it? Where do we find our hope? What is to keep us from being timid and cowardly, thinking that the Lord is somehow unconcerned and uncaring and unloving toward us? How can we face these stormy seas of life? Allow me to suggest two great truths from this passage. I like to think of them as as two strong handles that we can get a hold of when we feel the rocking of the storm. Two handles that would give us stability in the midst of the stormy seas in our life. These are two great truths that Jesus is revealing to his disciples. And I think he wants to reveal to us today. And the first handle is this. Know beyond a certainty, beyond a shadow of doubt, that Jesus is the Lord of every storm. I don't care how bad your ship is rocking right now. I don't care whether you feel like you're about to perish and that he doesn't even care about you. You need to know that even though it seems all is hopelessly lost, he remains the Lord of the storm, of any storm, of every storm that you encounter I love what Job says after he went through his learning time, his stormy seas. In chapter 42 of Job, verse 2, he says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. In other words, Job is saying, you are Lord. You are sovereign. You are in control even when life seems to be totally out of control. You are Lord even of the storm. And here's the truth about that. Certainly there are some times that Jesus calms the storm, right? We've heard the song. We've read the poems. You know, sometimes he calms the storm. Sometimes he calms our hearts. But it is true. Sometimes he does calm the storm. In this chapter, in this text, we see him calming the storm with mere words. And I've seen it. You've seen it too. I've heard of people who have gone to the doctor, they've been diagnosed with this cancer or that tumor or or something else, and their loving family, their church family, gathers together and prays for them and over them, and they go back to the doctor, and the doctor goes, I don't know what's going on here, but the tumor's gone. And we go, praise the Lord of the storm. He stopped this storm. He calmed those stormy seas. 
So there are those times for sure when that happens, but we know without a shadow of a doubt as well that sometimes he wants to take us through that storm, but he wants to calm our heart in the midst of it. Sometimes he will calm our, har- our hearts as he leads us through it. And I want to tell you this. It's easy to think that I'm going through this stormy sea right now because I've done something wrong. I've done something bad. That, that somehow God is angry with me. That somehow he, he is disciplining me. And I don't want to tell you that's not right. That's not true. That's, that's a lie. Because these disciples, they were followers of His. They were, they were learning from Him. They hadn't done anything wrong. And He leads them intentionally into the heart of this stormy sea. So please remove that from your mind. I must be going through this because God is, is mad at me because I've done something wrong. That's not true. You hear me? But those are the times that He wants you to come to Him. That he wants you to find rest and comfort in him. Those are the times that as a dad, he's holding his hands out, saying, come, I want to hug you. I want to give you love. I want to care for you as you go through this. Jesus said it in Matthew 11, verse 28, 38, 28. When he says this, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When he doesn't calm the storm, he wants to calm your heart and he says, Come, I know you're weary. I know you're heavy laden. I know you're feeling much burden and pain and sorrow and despair. Come, I will give you rest. Come, I want to love on you. Come, I may not calm the storm, but I want to calm you. I want to calm your heart as I lead you through this storm. Come, come. So the first handle... Know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is the Lord of the storm. Sometimes he'll remove the storm. Other times he'll calm your heart as he leads you through. But the second handle is this. When you go through those stormy seas of life, learn from the disciples. Don't fear the storm. Revere the Lord of the storm. See, it's a matter of focus, isn't it? It's a matter of what I'm focused on. I can be focused on that torrential wind that's blowing in my face. And I can notice the waves that are crashing over my vessel. And it seems like I'm sinking. And when my focus is directed there, I feel despair. I feel discouragement. I feel like I'm about ready to die. But when I focus on who the Lord of the storm is, when I start remembering the truths that are revealed to us about him in his word, when I hear how loving he is and that according to Romans 8, there's nothing, nothing, nothing that can separate me from his love. When I find out that he will never leave me nor forsake me, and that's a promise in the word of God, then guess what? 
I start revering him. I start looking at him with holy awe, with a great respect, with an reverence toward him and my focus is turned there and I realize it doesn't care it doesn't matter how strong the wind is how how big the waves are what matters is my God is greater than all of it that he is the Lord and I begin to revere him I begin to focus on him and pretty soon the wind seems to be nothing and the waves are nothing because of how grand he is When we go through those stormy seas of life, don't fear the storm. Instead, turn to Him and revere the Lord of the storm. Handle number one, know that He's the Lord of the storm. Handle number two, begin to honor Him. Begin to worship Him. What's amazing to me is when Job begins this whole struggle in Job chapter 1. You remember in one day, Job, who is a very wealthy and, the scripture says, the righteous man in all the land, in one day, because uh, Satan is allowed to, he loses all of his livelihood. All of his livestock are gone, either through uh, they die or they are stolen. And in that very same day, all ten of his kids, his seven sons and three daughters, are in one house And the wind blows that house down and he loses all ten of his children. In one day, he loses it all. And you know what the scripture says? Here's what Job did. He didn't fear the storm. He revered the Lord of the storm when it says this. And Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head. Listen. And he fell on the ground and worshipped. He worshipped. He went to the one who was worthy of his fear. The one who is worthy of holy terror. The one who is worthy of our awe, of our respect. And he worshipped that one. Even in the midst of this horrific, huge storm that he faced. And I would tell us today, the best thing we can do when we go through stormy seas of life, and I know it's easier said than done, beloved. Be sure I know that. But the best thing we can do is to worship. Is to remind ourselves of the truth of this one who is Lord of the the storm. to, To go before His throne and bow down. And there will be tears as we grieve. There will still be a feeling of of despair in our heart. But as Jesus promised, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden. And guess what? I will give you rest. I will give you rest. The men in the boat with Jesus that day, they learned he's the Lord of the storm. And their fear, their cowardice, their timidity was replaced with holy reverence. For the Lord of the storm. That's what we do today when we too go through stormy seas of life. Would you pray with me? You may be here going through some very stormy seas. I know some of you are. It might be physical. It might be financial, relational. You might feel fear. You might feel like you're perishing. You might feel like the Lord isn't even 
He's not even looking on you. He, he, he has forgotten you, like King David says. But I want you right now, in the quietness of your own heart, to allow Him to reassure you right now that He is very near to you. That He has not forgotten you. That He cares deeply for you. That He knows better than anyone else in this place exactly what you are going through today. And I would encourage you to draw near. He invites you to come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I I just encourage you to do that right now in the quiet of this moment. To draw near to the Lord, the Master, the One who commands everything. And Father God, we come to You thanking You so much for these truths. Thanking You so much that when we feel like we are perishing, and even worse, when we feel like You are unaware of our perishing, thank You for the truth of Your Word that tells us absolutely otherwise. That You draw near to the brokenhearted. That You deeply care. That You will never forsake us. And so, Father, help us today to take the burden, to take the despair, to take the discouragement that we are feeling today, and to let it be diminished in light of how glorious You are, how amazing You are, how wonderful You are, how above and beyond You are, how great You are. Lord, as we continue on this morning, may our hearts continue to be drawn to You as we worship You, our Lord, our Master. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.